Hello, 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 beautiful people. Welcome to the first episode of the Emerging Excellence Podcast. I am your host, Roriana, and here at Emerging Excellence, we acknowledge that we are not perfect, yet we strive to become better people every day. In this podcast, we'll discuss everything under the sun from politics, relationships, health, music, you name it, at some point we'll discuss it because knowledge is power. And the more we know, the more we will have a well-rounded perspective and grow as individuals. As I hope you'll become faithful listeners of this podcast, it is by design that you will come to know more and more about me personally. So I won't take up too much of your time, but I want to provide a brief bio about myself. So I was born and raised in Columbus, Ohio. I have two wonderful children and I have an invested passion in the deaf community. I am currently studying to get my bachelor's degree in communication studies with a concentration in media. And one area which I pride myself on is being involved in my community and a high achieving student. This brings me to today's topic. Now, usually I would have a guest with me, but today I'm writing this topic solo. So please comment and let me know what you think about today's topic. So I too will have the opportunity to hear various perspectives and grow as an individual. So recently, one of my professors assigned us a box article to read on the topic of incels. Initially, I was irritated because the article was so long. And I feel like with virtual learning, teachers are doubling down on reading assignments instead of finding other ways to engage and teach their students. But I read the article and it was actually rather interesting. It was written last year in April, so in 2019, by a gentleman named Zach Beauchamp. And he explores how this group of people evolved from a support group to a dangerous subculture that is really misogynistic and even racist at at times. So the incel community, incel stands for involuntary celibate. And these people are usually between the ages of 16 and 30. They're generally younger than 30 and they can start identifying themselves as incels as early as 14. And they are predominantly male and they blame women and to the extent where they hate women and blame them for the fact that they're unlucky in dating and the fact that they aren't having sexual relationships. And it kind of turned into a he-man woman haters club. And what's so ironic about the fact that this group is now a he-man woman haters club is that it was founded and created by a female. Yes. So the creator of the incel community, her name is Alana and she was a self 
self-proclaimed incel. She was very unlucky in the dating realm and she didn't actually secure her first real relationship until she was 24 years old. And after securing her first relationship, she realized that maybe sharing her experience can help other incels. So that's why she created this forum. And in the beginning, it was very inclusive. There were men, women, and people from diverse backgrounds, and it was great. So what was the switch? What was the point where this supportive community turned into a misogynistic hate group. Well, many incels um, attribute that turning point to a, an attack that was carried out by a gentleman by the name of Elliot Rogers. So in the Vox article, I'm going to read directly from it. It recants this event by saying that Elliot Rogers began his attack by stabbing two male roommates and a visiting friend. He then drove to the Alpha Phi sorority camp or sorority dorm at the uc santa barbara campus and opened fire outside and in nearby locations he killed three more people and wounded 14 more before turning the gun on himself all of the dead were ucsb students many incels that exist today highly regard Elliot Roger. They look at him as a hero. They look at him as a saint in in this community. And it actually spawned other people to carry out um, violent attacks as well. And now it's no longer inclusive where there are women in this group too. In fact, a lot of Zach's research is not scientifically proven because this group is so close off and close knit that they don't let other people in. So as soon as they find out that you are female, they immediately block you from accessing the content of these groups or if you're a researcher or anything of that sort, they don't let you in. And this in involuntary celibacy community revolves around a, an ideal uh, ideology sorry of the black pill so the black pill um if you are familiar with the matrix kind of stems from that where uh keanu reeves character neo is offered the red pill or the blue pill and the red pill allows him to see the world as it truly is the blue pill allows him to remain in blissful ignorance and this black pill um is the incels belief that men's sexual success is almost entirely de- determined by unalterable biological traits things like jawline cheekbone or eye socket shape things like that and they even categorize um people into groups so the chads are the highly attractive males stacys are the highly attractive females incels are the bottom of the totem pole they are not attractive at all and the people that are in the middle are referred to as normies um they also derive many other racist um Uh, titles or names that they give to other people for example the african-american equivalent to 
a Chad would be a Tyrone. And if they're Arab, they would call them Chatham. They even call Asian women noodle whores and just things like that that are very racially charged. So some of the the main kind of issues that incels bring up as the reason to why they are incels are that they experience rejection very early on in life. Um, They are self-proclaimed ugly, which is something that I noticed from this box article. Nobody nobody said that someone else told them that they were ugly. They kind of came to this realization on their own. And they break that down into looks, personality, and like social cues and autism. But we'll get to that later. Um, They feel like women hate them. And therefore, they hate women. They also feel that the fact that women have freedom and rights and body autonomy kind of lends itself to the uprising of this incel community it kind of birthed it and they also point out that other cultures do not have this issue so I kind of want to address these and give any incels out there some tips on how you can be successful and not turn into uh violent actions against women or against anybody chads or who have you because here at emerging excellence we're trying to encourage people to be better to think better to just be better people all around and to grow so the first thing i want to address is uh the early experience with rejection most of these incels are in their teens uh the vox article talks about four gentlemen there's a gentleman Abe who was 19 years old he recalls his ninth birthday party where no one showed up and his mom was crying and he distracted himself by playing games and later in life he managed to get a girlfriend but she cheated on him with her ex there's another gentleman by the name of Miguel who is 20 and he states that he was bullied which led to self-hate and anxiety and because of those things he lacks confidence and women can pick up on that and that's really why he's unsuccessful in the dating realm another gentleman the third gentleman john is closer to the the higher end of this spec this age spectrum he's 30 and he says look i've tried everything i've worked out i've got new clothes and tried to dress you know more fashionably and nothing has worked i've tried dating sites i've done everything that i possibly could and nothing has worked that's why i'm an incel and the fourth gentleman andreas he's 17 and he also says that he was bullied and the one lady that he was able to go with um to secure a relationship with also dumped him as well which led him to hating women so gentlemen I feel like 16 year teenage years is way too young to make such a drastic conclusion. That's a real leap that you're making from somebody not being interested in you or people not showing up to your birthday party to saying, oh, that equates to me not being attractive. Let me tell you, I've had birthday parties where people didn't show up. My children have had birthday parties where people didn't show up. And what is really important are you parents. 
And it's not entirely the parent's fault, but it is the parent's responsibility to help their children navigate their emotions. So as parents, we have to sow in positivity into our children. We have to restore their confidence. We have to restore their self-worth. We have to pour love into them. And we also have to teach them how to navigate their emotions, how to navigate rejection, how to navigate not being able to secure the relationship that you want at such a young age because these people who are unable to navigate these relationships or these emotions at a young age turn into adults who cannot navigate and regulate these emotions as adults and that translates into negative behavior and actions that like the ones that we've seen carried out by Elliot Roger. So I really urge parents to invest in your children's mental wealth. Invest, please. Also, therapy. Therapy is going to be one thing that I say over and over again throughout many different podcasts because a lot of times it does come back to that. Sometimes parents aren't even equipped with the tools they need to sow positivity into their own children because they were parented by someone who was broken. So please reach out. If you see that there's an issue with your child, reach out to someone else that could potentially help you. If your child is adolescent age or younger, they are um, at school and the schools have counselors. Reach out to those counselors. Ask those counselors if they have resources for therapy to help your children navigate these emotions because that's not an area as a parent that you're proficient in and you need help. And it's okay to say that you need help. There's nothing wrong with that. As um, young adults who may be in college, your school has resources. They have counselors and therapists that you can talk to that's free. Utilize those resources while you have them to help you navigate these feelings. Also, at teenage ages, 16, 17, all teenagers are navigating who they are as people. So the fact that the person that you like didn't like you back is not a reason to jump to the conclusion that you're unattractive. Sometimes that person has an insecurity in themselves and it doesn't have anything to do with you at all. As teenagers, we're all trying to figure out who we are as a, as a person, what our sexuality is, just everything about us. Those are our formative years. So to take something like a girlfriend cheating on you or you getting dumped to equate that you're ugly, that's really, that's why I'm saying that's a drastic leap because that does not necessarily mean that that per, that you're not attractive. That means that that person just was not for you and it also does not mean that they hate you it does not mean that they hate you it's a million reasons why people cheat or whatever especially in their teenage years so if you're a teenager feeling like maybe you're in uh in cell please just think about other people are probably going through the same thing you are going through and you are not alone. People are also getting bullied. People are also getting cheated on. You are not alone. But if you have problems um, dealing with those emotions that you feel as a result, take it on your own to seek help. If maybe you can't talk to your parents, you 
I'm telling you that you have counselors, that you have therapists at your school. Go seek those people out. Do not feel ashamed and get help for those people um, so that you can become a better person. The next thing as far as dating is work on yourself. Okay, Uh, many insoles talk about self-hate. You have to love yourself. You have to find ways to love yourself. If that means listening to podcasts that talks about self-love and appreciation, getting self-help books, whatever the case may be, do that. Work on yourself. Be the best person you can be. Get a great education. Get a great job or a great career. Do hobbies, things that you're really interested in doing that you love to do so that you can formulate who you are. You can't be good for somebody else if you're not good for yourself first. You have to love yourself in its entirety and appreciate yourself and know your worth first. The creator of the incel community, Alana, she states, and I quote, romantic connections seem to happen when you find joy in other aspects of your life then start that happiness then share that happiness with other people info and that is so true the times where you tend to get relationships are the times when you're not actually looking for a relationship that's when quality relationships start to come to you because you're investing in yourself and then people see that and they're like, wow, this person's really driven, this person's really motivated, this person is really an activist or whatever. And that draws them to you because you they, you have something about your personality that they admire, right? And when you are your best self, you just automatically, genuinely become more secure and more confident. So for the gentleman who was talking about not being confident enough, that's going to automatically help you become more confident. When it comes to personality, this will also help you develop your personality and who you are as a person. Make an effort to be involved in things that will get you outside of your box. So volunteer or join a club, take a class in communications, whether it's public speaking or something else, so that you can work on getting your personality out there and being your authentic self without fear of how other people may perceive you and you don't get nervous necessarily around other people. You're more secure, more confident when meeting new people. And it's really important, I said this just now, but it's really important for you to be authentic because in the in the Vox article, he mentioned that um, Elliot Roger had taken advice from a PUA, which is a pickup artist. And that's not ever a good thing because you don't want to try to get a girl with negativity, whether that's um, insulting her or anything of the sort. You don't want to pick up a girl that way. That's definitely going to leave a negative impression and contribute to the fact that you are unsuccessful in dating. Okay, so next is uh, they address social cues. They say that they're not really social or they're socially awkward and things like that so one way to uh to overcome that is to get out more so all those things that we talked about volunteering joining a club taking public speaking classes those are things that are going to reduce your social awkwardness and um the more you practice those skills the more you'll improve the more uh you'll seem confident so 
whether it's just getting out or actually taking a formal class in communication, it definitely will help. It will also help you be able to clarify um, your communication interactions. So you can, there was a gentleman who was at work and his coworker was being nice to him and he interpreted her niceness as flirting. And when he later found out that she had a boyfriend, he took chocolate and injected his semen into it and gave it to the lady. Now, if he had been proficient in communication, perhaps he could have said, hey, Jill, I don't know if her name's Jill, I'm just using Jill. Hey, Jill, I observed that you were being really, really nice to me. I didn't know if that meant that you were flirting with me or if that's just your nature. Could you, you know, could you clarify that for me? And then Jill could have said, oh, I'm so sorry. That is in my nature. I didn't mean to give you the wrong impression. I'm not flirting with you. In fact, I actually have a boyfriend. I'm, I'm really sorry. And then you have that clear dialogue between these two people. So he knows that it wasn't even her intent to mislead him in any way. So communication classes can be an asset in a multitude of ways. Now, I know a lot of people say that they have social awkwardness as a result of being on the spectrum. So if you find, not if you find yourself, but if you are a person who is on the spectrum, perhaps I'm not saying that you have to do this all the time. I'm not saying people who are not on the spectrum won't date you because of course there are people who are not on the spectrum who will date people who who are on the spectrum. But my suggestion to you would to be would be to find other people who are on the spectrum as well for this purpose and that is that they will understand you on a cultural level they will have a deeper understanding of you and who you are because you guys share that subculture and i think that's really really important when you want to um start a relationship because somebody who doesn't share that culture who isn't on the spectrum may not understand some of the nuances that come with being on the spectrum and that can lead to um being turned off sometimes so i'm not saying that you can't date people who aren't on the spectrum I'm just suggesting that people who are on the spectrum may understand you on a deeper level and maybe if that's not an avenue that you've explored to perhaps look into that avenue as well. Also, there is a a show on Netflix called Dating on the Spectrum, which explores this exact topic so maybe look at that and see what other people who are on the spectrum are doing as far as dating and implement some of those um, positive actions into your own life as well and then the the third thing that uh, a lot of incels talk about are their looks so first and foremost i just want to let you guys know that looks aren't everything okay they're not There was a guy a long time ago when I was in high school who I would not say that I was attracted to. On a scale of one to 10, he probably would have fell around a three or a four. But this guy was so sweet. He was so sweet, like as sweet as pie. And he would always like offer to help me with no expectations of anything in return. He never expected 
oh, you're going to go on a date with me. He never even proposed those ideas to me. He was just being a genuine friend. And because he was so nice and had such a dope personality, I was looking like, oh, Emma, you're kind of cute. Because I was attracted to his personality. I started becoming more and more attracted to his personality. Now, I never ended up dating this guy, but it's just a testament to when you are securing yourself and you're a confident person and you have a great personality, looks are not everything. Another thing is that beauty is in the eye of the beholder. So just because one person is not attracted to you does not mean that other people are not attracted to you. There are people who are attracted to people who look a variety of different ways. For example, when you look at celebrities, um, Flavor Flav is a popular rapper. And a long time ago, he had a show called The Flavor of Love where girls competed to date him. And when you look at of course that was a show but when you look at his actual life this guy has been in a multitude of relationships and he has like 10 children so we know that his looks are not keeping him from securing relationships his looks is not keeping him from having sexual relationships with women and he has the children to prove it also, um, recently I was introduced, actually earlier this year, maybe like February or March, I was introduced to a gentleman from the Howard Stern show. His name is Beetlejuice. And although I personally may not find him attractive, this guy is pulling girls. And there are episodes on the Howard Stern show that talks about him pulling different girls. And even there was one episode where he was talking about marrying one of the girls and had her on there. So it's it's clearly possible for people who may look at themselves as unattractive or may be unattractive to somebody to be attractive to somebody else. And one last example that I want to give you is Carol Baskin. So we know her from the Netflix documentary Tiger King. And in my opinion, I don't believe that Carol Baskins is attractive. However, Carol Baskins has been married twice. And that means that two people out of all the people in this world, and probably many more, we just don't know because we're not in her life, but find her attractive. And I'm pretty sure if she's married, she's sleeping with her husband. So my point to you incels is that just because one person can't behold your beauty does not mean that your beauty can't be held by somebody else, okay? Beauty is in the eye of the beholder and just because one person doesn't like you or isn't attracted to you does not mean that a person who is is not out there. And last but not least when it comes to looks, this is in my opinion the absolute last resort, last, last, last resort. But if your looks are really just that big of an issue for you, there's always plastic surgery. And I know it's expensive, but that's always an option if you would like to go that route. But I'm telling you guys, if your personality is dope, you'll be able to find somebody who 
is willing to date you, willing to be in a relationship with you, you may just have to kind of look somewhere else. Which brings me to my next point. Maybe you need to look within your own scale. So I'm not saying that you can't look without your scale, but I'm just giving you another perspective, right? So if you feel like you're a two, maybe you should consider or entertain the thought of dating another two. This also leads me to the fact that a lot of incel communities are predominantly male and they don't allow females into this community. If you let other female incels into this community, then you increase the pool of women that are willing to date you. Because again, like I said with the autistic people, you relate to each other on a cultural level. So if you don't want people judging you based off of the way that you look and you know my personality is a I have a great personality I'd be a wonderful provider I'd be a wonderful husband I'd be a wonderful father then you can look for a woman who has qualities that you value in a mate will she be a wonderful mother will she be a great wife will she be a wonderful supporter and and date people based off their personality instead of being caught up on looks because if you are a two on the scale or if you feel like you're a two on the scale and you're trying to date somebody that feels like that you feel is a 10 on the scale that may not always work and you need to value quality over superficial needs do you want love and a partner or do you want a trophy wife so definitely explore that option as well let these incel women back into your communities and then increase your odds of not being incels anymore and finding people who are like-minded and that you can relate to on a cultural level I also want to address the fact of echo chambers. So echo chambers are kind of algorithms where everything that you view on the internet that you see is kind of spewing the same rhetoric at you. And that's what happens when you're in these communities. So when you're in these chat rooms or what have you with other incels, and they start spewing negativity it's like a revolving door like it just it's surrounding you on all sides and you tend to start to believe that because there's no opposing views coming in and that can be very detrimental to your self-esteem your growth as a person actually trying to go out there and date if you really want to date and have valuable relationships then you need to get out of that echo chamber and start surrounding yourself with positive influences. Emily Rotham, who's an expert on intimate intimate partner violence at Boston University was quoted in this Vlogs article by saying, it has been known for many decades that when it matters, that, sorry, it's been known for many decades that it matters who you affiliate with and that shapes your behavior in all kinds of ways so if you're 
associating with people who are negative, then you're going to have a negative mindset and you may even have negative behaviors. But when you take yourself out of that and you associate yourself with positive people, then you'll have positive behaviors. You'll start having positive outcomes in your life. And that's what you need to do. Again, therapy, get the help that you need to solve the issue, to work through your own problems, traumas, whatever. That's going to put you on the right road. Misery loves company. Do not be um, seduced by these these chat rooms that are that are keeping you in this cycle of hate. Okay, don't do that to yourself. If you really want to be successful, get out there. Start hanging around people who are successful in these in this arena. You hang around enough married people, or you hang around enough people who may not be married, but they date often or date fluently. Then you may pick up some tricks and traits or whatever to date more successfully. Um, another issue that a lot of incels bring up is that women shouldn't have rights or body autonomy or freedom right and they see that in other countries they don't have an incel problem because women are pretty much arranged married arranged married and this is what i want to say to the incel community when you have cultures who believe in arranged marriages arranged marriages and they give their their daughter to a man that man has something that is a benefit to the woman that he's marrying and to her family that man has money that man has land that man has real estate that man has cattle that man has something that when these two households join together they are both elevated So if you don't have anything because you're a teenager, you're 16, 17, so you don't have anything, or because maybe you're a young adult and you're too consumed in the fact that you don't have a girlfriend, that you're not investing in other aspects of your life that are really beneficial, then yes, no, you're not going, you wouldn't be successful in that culture either. You would still be an incel in that culture because nobody is going to marry their daughter off to you if you're not going to elevate their family. It's just not going to happen. So you need to think about ways that you can be an asset to a person. And that leads me to my next point, which is a quote that I got from my dad, which is, you got to pay to play. So my dad uses this quote when talking about um, getting lawyers and things like that, because my dad's a paralegal. He's like, if you want a good lawyer, you're going to have to pay, right? But I'm using this same quote in another aspect in which if you want a woman, you won't have to show that you, you have some worth to yourself, Right. And even if that's monetary, showing that you have money, that will attract women. Now, it may not be the woman that you necessarily want because money usually attracts gold diggers. But nevertheless, it's attracting a woman. And if your goal is to have sex, then that's a great way to achieve that goal. Another way to achieve that same goal is to order an escort or a prostitute 
they're going to sleep with you as long as you're bringing the money to the table and you can buy or hire as many escorts as you want as often as you want to satisfy your need if your need is predominantly sex if you want to build a relationship then maybe you can look into what they call mail order brides now A lot of these women are probably just looking for um, citizenship, which obviously that's illegal, but you may find some women who are really genuinely interested in you and maybe are attracted to your personality or don't think that you're ugly because again, beauty is in the eye of the beholder. Another thing that you can do is to buy sex toys, okay? Pay to play. You can buy you a nice life-size doll and she can moan and all the other stuff that you could get from an actual person. I mean, obviously she's not probably going to touch you on her own, but it's a great substitute. They are expensive, but if you have the money, that's a very good option. Also, there are sex toys that are not so expensive. So you have options there as well. And finally, my another suggestion would be to become a furry. Now, I know that furries have a bad rap in the media as just being like this group of people who run around having sex in costumes. But listen, being a furry gives you the opportunity to meet people without revealing who you actually are and it kind of helps people who have social anxieties and issues with uh social interactions to build up their confidence when interacting with other people because they have this costume on so it's a great way to meet people without them seeing your face if you feel like that's something that's in that's keeping you from being able to date and for you to get to know people and for people to get to know you based off your personality it's a great way now if you want to be a part of the very very small portion of the furry community that does have sex in their condoms that's up to you too i mean obviously being incel you are you are dealing with the inability to have sex and find people to have sex with so that may be an avenue for you as well so i really really encourage all the incels out there to just take these tips and try to apply some of them to your life in your dating situation and see if it helps i'm i'm guaranteeing you that it will help you if you just put the work in and here at Emerging Excellence, we are trying to be better people. We are trying to look at things from multiple perspectives so that way we have a well-rounded view of the world around us. And I just really hope that this podcast gives you a, a better view and another perspective to look at because being in those echo chambers are very dangerous and it's only giving you one perspective so here's another side and here's another perspective if any of my listeners have any other additional uh, tips for incels please comment those so that we can all help uplift and encourage each other like really not how how the incel community kind of flipped the switch and they're encouraging each other negative negatively we want to sow positivity into each other so 
please comment ways or tips that you can give to that community. I'm also open to tips that you can give me in regards to this topic as well. And that pretty much wraps up this podcast. So for our next podcast, we're going to explore being your own biggest cheerleader. I know we've talked about some things that can also be applied to being your own biggest cheerleader in this podcast, but I want to take a deep dive in being your own biggest cheerleader because that is so important. So Let me know if there are any other topics that you would like to discuss or have me discuss on this podcast. Let me know your feedback, how what you're thinking, all of that. I welcome all of it. And remember, the more you know, the more you grow. I'm your host, Roriana, and I want you to keep emerging excellence.